let's put a line through the biggest stories of the week with the Mowers Week in Review. Alrighty, first up, Andrew Webster locked in long-term at the Warriors. is extended for three years until the end of 2028. Scope, what do we think? Great signing for the Warriors. Um, fully embraced the culture there. Uh, completely changed the mindset and the accountability that the Warriors now have, which I love. And um, yeah, it's a long time, but he's been there before. So uh, he was an assistant coach with Ivan during his time there as well. So he understands the biggest thing that I get from all I the players that, that are involved. Yeah. Did you know that, Gibbo? That he was at the assistant? Yeah. 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 2010? Was, yep. Yeah, all the way back when uh, Ivan took him to a grand final. He was, like, in and around those years. So Ivan took him to the grand final in 2011, and I believe that he spent some time there as assistant coach before he went over to the UK. And then he also uh, spent some time with Ivan at the Tigers as well. Do you think he's going to be able to recruit big names? Like, is he a draw card now? He's got a – so this is one one thing that I loved uh, that sort of – Whenever I hear anyone that knows anything, anyone about anything about Webster, they always speak so glowingly about him. One, uh, you know, visual part that I got from from that is when he got coach of the year. Yeah. And when he got coach of the year, the excitement from the Penrith Panthers table. Isaiah Yo, who's um, not really that animated at all. Generally, he's pretty diplomatic when you hear him speak. He's yeah. I know, yo, he's a good dude, but he's pretty straighty 180 when it comes to media. He gets up, he slaps Webster on the bum as he's on the backside yeah. as he's walking up. Yeah, uh, They love him. The Panthers boys love him. Uh, and, and I know for a fact the Warriors boys love him as well. So it's a long contract. That's stability for the Warriors that maybe they haven't had for a while. And that, and when it comes to recruitment, yeah, that pl- helps. It, it doesn't matter. Like Obviously, it matters who the coach is, but when you know there's stability and a coach has got that sort of contract, there's – they're going to get more opportunities than uh, a coach who's on a two or three year deal where you can sort of be looking at it going, how long is this guy going to last here? Adding two of us a check into that roster is pretty exciting, isn't it? And again, another part that I loved, he signs Roger, the first person he calls, calls as soon as he's finished and, and it was done, he FaceTimed Charles. He couldn't get him face to face to have mm. a chat to him. So he FaceTimed him mm. and said, look, fullbacks, it's your spot. I've told Roger he's Love coming it. to play centers. Unless something else happens, like it's your spot to lose, and and that's all players want. They want to, they just want someone to be up front with them and, and where they're at. So, yeah, big S- signing. Still across in New Zealand, uh, Australia's sixth state, seventh state. <laughs> um, uh, Cameron George has asked the NRL if the Warriors can possibly host the Storm on Anzac Day next year. Um, they've spent the past seven years coming to Melbourne for that game. So, is it time the Warriors got an Anzac Day test? <laughs> And not just this year, not just next year. It should be home and away every year. I don't know why it makes yeah, sense point. why Melbourne get it every single year. It's a, I, I was lucky enough to play in an Anzac Day game down in Melbourne yeah. uh, before the Warriors and, and the Melbourne took uh, took over and, and now have this really healthy rivalry on yeah. the on the day. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a, a massive advantage to Melbourne because. It's the closest thing that I've got to playing finals footy. The energy around it, you, you, you get all this emotion that's involved. So yeah, it's a different sort of emotion because you, you, you're playing for the Anzacs and you understand the history of what happened. But with all that, it, it gets you pumped up. Like yeah. it gets you going. So it's a real advantage to have that energy and then be playing it at home. And so I think it's, it's only fair that they go – uh, a home and away series for that. And you can also see it in the Warriors' performance on those days. Like Maybe the Warriors haven't been doing so good, but you know they'll aim up on that day. And, I, you know, 
the Warriors have done so much, I reckon, for the NRL, especially this year in terms of viewership, crowds over there. It'd be an easy thing to do. It just doesn't. It just sound fair, regardless of what the Warriors have done. Exactly like right. Like playing. Yeah. In, it in, makes sense. In, on such a big occasion, um, and for you know, always playing it in Melbourne, uh, I just think it makes sense that it should be home and away, regardless of what the Warriors have been through for the last three, or four years. Yep. Lock that in. Um, the time zones will have to be figured out in and yep. around that. Uh, some George Roosters games as well, but just make Figure it work. It uh, Fiji is set to host an historic uh, NRL trial match. Do we know which match yet, Gibbo? Yeah, so it's going to be a Melbourne. So Melbourne have sound uh, Fiji Airways and Melbourne now have a partnership. Uh, so what's going to happen, ideally, down the future, Melbourne are going to play an actual NRL game there. So yep. I think it's going to be Melbourne and the Newcastle Knights next year. Yeah. But I, I think... More this story is about strengthening ties to the Pacific and Melbourne are looking for another sort of pipeline at developing talent. We know what they did with the Norse Devils. It brought them four immortals. So you never know what will happen in the future. Smart from the Melbourne Storm. Um, they're always, they've always been innovative with the way that they view recruitment. Um, they go, you know, it's, it's no secret that over the years, uh, the value that they've got out of their recruitment department yeah. is just completely you know second to none compared to any other club if you look at not only rugby league how it's a, an emerging what's well, they've been successful now in, in world cups in the last couple of world cups for rugby league how dominant they're getting in rugby union there's so much talent in that small little island of fiji yeah. they've got so much talent on there so um if you can uh, put something in place that can potentially help you recruit those players and get first dibs on a lot of this um exciting, mainly outside back talent that yeah. they've got there in Fiji, then yep. um, good on them. Because it served them well in the, in the past. Vunavalu. Korobiti. Uh, Korobiti. Yeah. Uh, Kamakamitha. Yep. They've got some really good Fijians that have played for uh, uh, for the Melbourne Storm in the past. They have. All right, there's a lot more NRL news still to get to. So we're going to get to that after news. We've got Dragons, Panthers, Bulldogs, Parramatta, Manly, and Raiders. If you follow any of those teams, you're going to want to stay tuned for this. You're on the Moles Club with Scope and Missile. All right, more week in review. Uh, signing news, Scope. It's been a busy week. Yeah. Um, NRL never sleeps, does it? It just never fails to keep giving us stories. The Dragons are keen on Cowboys halfback Tom Didden. What would they have to pay to, to take Tom Didden away from Queensland? Like, what? Let's... I love Tommy Didden. I think yeah. he's got a massive future. I'd be. If I he's I'm looking at the three that are available: Tommy Dearden, Ezra Mam, and Jerome Luai, playmakers uh, at relatively successful teams. I know Cowboys weren't as successful this year, but they'll be back. He was pretty good in Origin Game Three of Origin, filling in for Munster just 18 months ago as well. So you take that in consideration. Um, and he's the youngest out of the three. Oh no, Ezra Mam's still super young. So Twenty. This you know what? This is going to be. One of the more entertaining weeks come November 1. When's that? How long we got, mate? We're so three or four days. Three or four, two days. Um, I can't wait for next week. Next mowers, we're going to have some pretty big numbers being thrown out at all three of these guys. Um, And the Dragons, they need need to show – they need a big signing regardless, but they need to give Ben Hunt some hope. And – Dragons fans are probably not going to want to hear that because they're going to be like, "Why, you know, he's been. We wanted to try get out for for a while." The prisoner, they call him. But when the when you're looking at their roster, you cannot doubt what Ben Hunt has done on the footy field for no. the Dragons, despite his, you know, how he has also wanted to 
to get out of the club now for feels like six months, yeah, you know, yeah. dating back oh, to the least. start of the season. So if if you're Tom Dearden would know Ben Hunt from Origin, yep, right. So the, let's say the Dragons table didn't a, a really attractive offer. Like I'm thinking to get him from North Queensland, it's got to be at least eight fifty nine hundred. Yeah, minimum. Yeah. Tom Dearden rings up Ben Hunt. Hey mate, uh, you know what's it like down there at the Dragons? Should I should I sign for the club? Well, what's Ben Hunt gonna say? No, Tommy Dearden will call Benny Hunt if he does indeed get a. a proper offer. offer and he'll go what's the plans do you still want to go are you going to stay are you going to hang around because this is his last year ben hunt isn't it yeah mm, would it oh, be his last I year think so yeah yeah, yeah. Next, year. Oh, next year yeah um yeah he, surely ben hunt's not giving a glowing depend, recommendation depends on well depends hunty could the problem with ben hunt and he could be looking at the dragons is going we just i just don't have enough help tommy did and could indeed be that help that he's looking for and if there are another couple of players that they would could recruit and in some different spots, then maybe he goes, well, maybe it is worth me staying here. But do you think uh, with Tommy Dearden, we saw what happened to the Broncos, right? They, he had a struggling team. His form dipped. He ended up leaving. Now he's at a Cowboys, which are pretty stable side bar this year. Would that be playing into his decision at all? Well, do I go to a team who's down the bottom end of the ladder? Is my form going to be the same? I don't think he would anymore. I think that that, that was just a part of growing up. He had a lot right. of expectations he's on him coming through. He's come a long way, hasn't he? Yeah. When you get when some of these players get certain tags put on him, he's a small um, halfback coming through at the Broncos. People start calling him the next Alfie Langer. Yeah. You know all that pressure yeah, that comes right. with that. I've seen um, um, Brooks just did a, a podcast with Aaron Woods recently about the pressure when Joey himself was saying he's the next best seven to, yeah. to come through and will play for New South Wales. Just all that expectation weighs down on you. I think you, you've got to go somewhere and get the confidence, get the runs on the board, and then be able to come back. Another guy I'll throw uh, – there's another name that I played with coming through. His name was Blake Green. Yeah. Had a great NRL career. When he came through, when he was coming through, he was my age. We went to school together. Everyone was going, he's the next best seven uh, for yeah. Parramatta. He's going to be better than Peter Sterling. Um, wow. He's going to – Tim Smith was playing for, for Parramatta at the time. It's like he'll take over Timmy's spot or, or you know, become the sixth with him. And then it just didn't eventuate for him here early mm. on. He went overseas, went to Wigan, yep. won a few comps, come back and had played like 200 NRL games. And everyone loved him. Yep. Uh, same on halves up sale. Panthers' Jerome Luai. It's believed uh, the Panthers have upped their deal to 1.7 a year for two years. Uh, sorry, 1.7 across two years, which is 850 a year. Is that about about right? Yeah, I think it's right. It's the... It's the most respectful number for Jerome from the Panthers because what they're doing with the two-year deal, they're saying, look, you'll probably get more money elsewhere. He'll probably be leaving some money on the table to stay at Penrith, but he'll be part of history. And he, you know, how many people can say that they've won not yeah. three in a row, yeah. but potentially four in a row and maybe even four from five. If they don't win next year, they've got an opportunity to win the year after. So two-year deal, and then he can still make bank. Yeah. after that next two years because he'll still only be 27, 28 and he could go and sign a five-year deal for $6 million, like 1.25 a year to finish off his career. We just had else. a text from Josh earlier in the show actually around this same um, topic. He said, do you think Luai signing with a new management is indicative that he wants to go to another club? Why would he sign and forfeit a portion of the salary? So he, previously he was self-managed. Yeah. Why would he sign and forfeit a portion of his salary that Penrith had tabled? It was quite clear they weren't going to go much higher. Uh, on the flip side, maybe it's indicative that he's going to re-sign with Penrith. Penrith might have added the 50K to cover his management slice of the pie. 
Um, and Luai's management can then help him get third-party agreements and whatnot. Just trying to get my head around the fact that he had a deal in front of him and then he signed with uh, a management. All that does, wherever he ends up going, it gives him power and, and more capability to negotiate with, yeah. with whatever. So yeah. don't necessarily put it down to his leaving or his staying. All it does is now is give him more freedom to renegotiate a deal. So whether, it, like I said, whether it stays at Penrith or does indeed go, um, yeah, he's got new management and control, and he obviously wasn't happy with his old management. Uh, all right, the Bulldogs have signed Josh Curran from the Warriors. Yeah, Curran's an interesting one. I like Curran. I think he's a really good player, but the the problem I get um, with the signing is I, I really like, obviously, Kickow's Kickow, and I think Preston is a future origin player. I yep. love what I seen in the first season for the Bulldogs. Uh, whether one of them is going to play middle or he finds himself in a situation where he's in a rotation again like he was at the Warriors, because I think... Josh Curran um, is capable of being an out-and-out 60-, 70-minute back row starter. Yeah. I I don't have him over uh, kick-out or, or um, Preston no. personally. Could he um, play 13? Maybe. Maybe. That, maybe that's what they're thinking. I know they've got Jamin Salmon who's coming over, who yep. I think could also play the 13 role. Yeah. And um, Kurt Mann. And Kurt Mann. Yeah. So they've got – Has that been announced? Kurt I think – People have been super critical. Yeah, Kurt Mann, I think, oh, has. has been. Well, it's been rumoured. I don't know yeah. if it's, it's yeah. been. Uh, maybe he just hasn't got the. Um, Tick of approval. No, maybe has it just hasn't got the um, amount of attention just because it's Kurt Mann. He's a little bit older. He's more yeah. of a journeyman. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, you get Josh Curran. He's younger, ascending. Yeah. Right away. Um, I, I actually like what Gus is doing. People have been super critical of it. I, I think he's putting a lot of good depth pieces uh, in and around uh, this team because that's what they really need. Yeah. Um, you know. Fans often look for once stars, but if you look at the Warriors did last year, they put together a lot of first graders, a lot of guys that have played, had experience, and whether it's winning or losing, um, they've got runs on the board. They've got 50 to 150 first grade games, and that's when you start to really understand who you are as a first grader, and there, there are a number of them now that are going to be depth pieces right. um, for the Bulldogs because when they went through that really dry period, they had guys that out there that just weren't out-and-out first graders. Uh, the Eels, amongst a couple of other clubs now, the Tigers and the Knights also in the race, uh, after Josh Adokar. Yeah, uh, so it, whatever the smoke was fire with yeah. these sorts of things, right? Um, yeah. You know, Josh Adokar, you know, comes – it's a tricky one too with Josh Adokar because he's beloved by the Bulldogs yeah. fans. So um, I think there'll be ongoing conversations between him, Gus is a – pretty smart operator as well in that he probably wouldn't go um, completely throwing a guy like with a personality like Fox under the bus. So if it is a conversation that maybe he has with the management of Fox, like maybe it's not working out at the dogs. Um, is there anywhere else you'd like to go? Would you be open to moving? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it was... it's one to follow. I've got no, I honestly have, I've just been around the game long enough to know that, you know, when things start circulating like this, then generally something happens. Something's happening, yeah. So I'm just sort of reading between the lines. As a Bulldogs fan, there's there's certain players in the comp that have got points in them, right? Like if there's a break made, you know that Adokar's converting. Even at the back end of the season when they were struggling, if he was in open field play, he just scores. The Titans and, uh, games? Yeah. Yep. They're the hard. Cowboys game when you when you better get beat the yep. Cowboys with that kick from Burton. They're hard to find those players. Mm. They're really hard to find. Like you can find good solid meter eater wingers. They're they're more dime a dozen. Josh Adokar is a quite a unique player. So as a Bulldogs fan, I want to be getting something in return. Yeah. I want a Ryan Madison. Um, I want a Jermaine Hopgood. I want a Jackson Hastings if it's the Knights. Like I want a half if it's the Knights or a Daniel Saifidi. 
There's three positions Bulldogs probably need. Prop, uh, lock, and middle. halfback. I reckon you need middles. Yeah, so I want to swap. Where are McGreg? Yep. I want to swap. I don't want to, and and there's no way an operator as sharp as Gus is going to be paying part of Josh Adokar's contract for him to play in another club. Yeah, uh-uh. I think we're getting more and more like a little bit like American sports, where trade systems will, will be more prevalent moving yep. forward for sure. Uh, Olakwatu has been offered an eight-year deal from Manly, uh, worth about eight hundred fifty thousand a season. Manly's Manly's recruitment team are black. Oh, they're throwing some cash around. What? The- I mean, I love Olakuatu. That's big money, and that's big money for a back row. But the thing is, he's a game changer. Yeah. He's one of the rare, I'd say him and Kickout are not your average back rowers because I wouldn't pay, there's no way for me I'm paying big money in this day and age for back rowers and centers. No. I just wouldn't do it. If I was looking after a salary cap, um, there's they're the two positions I would spend the least amount of money on. Unless you've got a guy that can impact the game in multiple ways. So he's not just your tall and back rower. He still gets through 10 to 15 carries, has 150 yards. Those are good stats, good good numbers. But you throw the ball to him one-on-one. game-breaking he stuff. Can, he, can yeah. break, he can break a game apart. You put the kick in. You can um, Cherry can put it on the spot from the left-hand side of the field, put a kick over the top. He can go up and grab it with one hand, put it down, and completely change the game. And he can change the game defensively. Yep. You look at the game against Melbourne Storm when he just jammed Olam. Yeah. That changed, changed the momentum it. of the game. So those little things, if I am going to play money for those sorts of players, it's a kick out and it's an Olakowatu probably. They're the only guys. David Fafita, maybe the only other one up at the Gold Coast Titans. I just wonder when we're going to learn our lesson about paying long-term deals for high-impact players. Like mm. Olakowatu plays the game at 100 miles an hour. He's big collisions, both in attack and defense. And we saw the same thing from Jason Taumalolo. And it's just very, very hard to maintain that physically for a long period of time. So, yeah, is eight, $850,000 a season for Olakowatu value for two years, three years, maybe four years, eight years? No, nah, leave me out of it. Uh, KO Weeks signs with the Raiders, two-year deal. He's played 12 matches for Manly so far. Um, great signing, I think. Yeah, I like KO Weeks. I still think he's a, a player of uh, massive potential. For whatever reason, uh, just couldn't quite solidify. I think they sort of wanted him to be that 14, um, cover every position sort of role, and it just didn't work out. Obviously, when Tommy Turbo goes down um, so early and they had a specific role for him to come and cover a few different positions, then... That threw everything out of whack. I like KO Weeks. It's a, it's a good question you put here, Gibbo. You've got in the notes, what what does this mean for Xavier Savage? Yeah, go on, Zav- Xavier Savage, I don't know what's happening down to Canberra. This is Cricky's had problems like this with younger players before. You think back to Tarpany's had a year where he basically played a lot of reserve grade, yeah. um, fell out of favour. Horsborough a couple of years ago. Hudson Young about three years ago. So Ricky has this real hardline stance that he takes with players, and generally they get back out of it. Because when I look at Xavier Savage, I think he's got so much potential. Yeah, he's like a you know how young he is. Twenty came onto the NRL. Obviously, there's defensive deficiencies yep. with all small young half uh, fullbacks. You're gonna get that, but it's just so strange. And the stranger thing was that they moved him out of fullback in reserve grade to play on the wing. Scored four tries, I think, on his debut coming back from injury, but. Has not been seen since. Like it's surely a club, maybe Parramatta, who are looking for an X factor. 
I mean, I'm not sure how true that is, but... They're after Josh Adokai now. Oh, there's X Factor yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, that's a week in review for Rugby League. Uh, plenty more to come. We still want to go to talk Rugby World Cup uh, here on the Mowers with Scope and Missile.